Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is March 17th, 2022, and our first story, the New York Times finally admits that the Hunter Biden emails are real, implicating Joe Biden in illicit dealings with Ukraine and China. This has profound implications for the ongoing war and the conflict of interest between the president and the country begging for a no-fly zone, maybe even sparking World War III. In our next story, Jesse Smollett is a free man. An appellate court has let him go pending a ruling on his appeal. There's privilege for you. And in our last story, inflation is worse than we realize. The Biden administration is selling off our strategic oil reserves. It seems like prices will be skyrocketing substantially soon. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Tell your friends about the show. It really helps. Now, let's get into that first story. The New York Times has now admitted Hunter Biden's laptop is authentic. The emails are real. And this very much so implicates Joe Biden and has devastating consequences for the war that we are standing just before. We're on the precipice of World War Three. Depending on who you ask, I guess, if you believe Zelensky, it may have already begun. Several Ukrainian officials say this is World War Three. It has begun and they need help. We also have to understand that this means with news about Hunter Biden's laptop that Joe Biden has a very serious conflict of interest with how he will be handling the conflict in Ukraine. This can put the entire world in jeopardy. The media lied. The Democrats lied. The social media companies lied. And they have contributed to a corrupt family's dealings with Ukraine and even China. Now, most of us knew that Hunter Biden's laptop was real. It had been verified across the board by many organizations. Even the Wall Street Journal confirmed it. But the establishment media lied. And the story dropped just before the 2020 election. We now know, based on several polls, that if the American people were properly informed about what was on Hunter Biden's laptop and what Joe Biden was accused of doing, they would not have voted for him. Donald Trump would be president. Now, there's a couple ways to look at this. Many of these leftists, these Democrat types, lefty Democrat establishment types, may be celebrating the news, their victory, that they kept Donald Trump out of office. 
They are allowing Joe Biden to cover up whatever it is he was doing. Maybe it wasn't all bad. I don't know. Certainly the American people have a right to know what Joe Biden was doing with Ukraine. But they, 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 they consistently covered it up. I am of the opinion that we would have been way better off if Donald Trump was currently president right now, because even Bill Maher asked why Vladimir Putin did not invade Ukraine under Trump. Even Trevor Noah says these deals with Saudi Arabia, the, Biden getting snubbed wouldn't have happened to Donald Trump. But maybe many people just don't want to accept it. So fine, I will tell you this. At the very least, I can give you this story. The mainstream media, the New York Times, CNN, and otherwise, they are lying to you. Show this to your friends and family. Maybe you hate Trump. Maybe, I'll tell you this, maybe you really think we would be worse off if Trump was president. Fine, I respect it. Just acknowledge that you lie, cheat, and steal to retain power for what you, is the, for what you view is the greater good. If you believe you're doing the right thing, just be honest about it. I have before you this image from Defiant L's on Instagram that summarizes it also well. Jen Psaki tweeted October 19th, 2020. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. And then we have a following tweet from the New York Post. Hunter Biden's infamous laptop confirmed in New York Times report. March 17th, 2022. They lie to you. On top of this story, which I want to go through, and I'm going to show you the history of how they lie and manipulate you so you can better understand what the media is doing to you, we have a story about Chris Cuomo. No longer at CNN, he's filed an arbitration demand for $125 million, accusing CNN of serious impropriety and unethical practices. We are now getting a glimpse into what CNN does by a former high-profile staff member exposing the lies. If you can take away anything from this, as someone who despises Donald Trump and maybe even someone who voted for Joe Biden, fine, I don't care. I just want you to know they're lying to you so that you give them power. If you like that they have power, fine. Just admit that you are willing to allow these people to lie to steal power. That's, that I can, I can tolerate, so long as you're being honest about it. Let's read the news and see what's going on. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. If you would like to support our work as a member, you keep all of our journalists employed and they're eternally grateful, as am I, that you're helping us maintain the system. As a member, you'll, you'll get access to exclusive members-only podcasts from TimCast IRL and an ad-free experience for the most part. Uh, you will get an ad-free experience. I say the website, for, uh, for the most part, doesn't have that many ads to begin with. We're mostly just supported by your membership. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. This one more important is more important than ever. What I'm hoping to accomplish with a video segment like this, most of you know the laptop from Hunter Biden is real. Most of you know it. Many of you have seen the emails the potential dealings between Joe Biden himself and, uh, you know, uh, certain individuals with foreign countries, Ukraine, China, etc. But many people do not. This is your opportunity to show them that the media has been lying to them. And for those of you that have this video shared with them, I ask you only to present your arguments against the information I will show you. If I'm wrong, so be it. Just comment below and let me know why you think I'm wrong. For everybody else, Share this with those who trust the mainstream press. 
from Glenn Greenwald. The New York Times now admits the Biden laptop falsely called Russian disinformation is authentic. The media outlet, which spread this lie from ex-CIA officials, never retracted their pre-election falsehoods, ones used by big tech to censor reporting on the frontrunner. Glenn writes, one of the most successful disinformation campaigns in modern American electoral history occurred in the weeks prior to the 2020 presidential election. On October 14th, 2020, less than three weeks before Americans were set to vote, the nation's oldest newspaper, the New York Post, began publishing a series of reports about the business dealings of the Democratic frontrunner Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, in countries in which Biden as vice president wielded considerable influence, including Ukraine and China, and would again, if elected president. The backlash against this reporting was immediate and intense, leading to suppression of the story by U.S. corporate media outlets and censorship of the story by leading Silicon Valley monopolies. The disinformation campaign against this reporting was led by the CIA's all but official spokesperson, Natasha Bertrand, then of Politico, now with CNN, whose article on October 19th appeared under this headline, Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say. Here you can see the story. Now, I want to point something out to all of you. Media, liter- media literacy lesson time. A dozen former Intel officials does not make an opinion a fact. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo. Former Intel officials say is an opinion piece. Opinion pieces are not factual news reporting. Natasha Bertrand citing people is not factual news reporting. Now, truth be told, they navigate this manipulation by saying it is a fact these officials have made this claim. Sure. But reporting on a dozen opinions does not make those opinions fact. It's still an opinion piece. These former intel officials did not actually say that the Hunter Biden story is Russian Russian disinfo. Indeed, they stressed in their letter the opposite, namely that they had no evidence to suggest the emails were falsified or that Russia had anything to do with them. But instead, they had merely uh, intuited this suspicion based on their experience, saying, quote, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post by President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are genuine or not, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in the case. In which case, now I can say, Natasha Bertrand, formerly of Politico and now of CNN, published overt fake news saying Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinfo, dozens of former Intel officials say, when they said no such thing. That headline is false. Natasha Bertrand made up outright false information and published it. Glenn goes on to say, but a media that was overwhelmingly desperate to ensure Trump's defeat had no time for facts or annoying details, such as what these former officials actually said, or whether it was in fact true, made an election to manipulate. As a result, These emails were Russian disinformation, meaning they were fake and that Russia manufactured them, became an article of faith among the U.S.'s validly despised class of media employees. Now, truth be told, this from Glenn Greenwald is also an opinion piece. Let's just break down some of the facts we have. From the New York Times, Hunter Biden paid tax bill, but broad federal investigation continues. I love how they bury the lead here. They bury the lead here. Because the New York Times doesn't really want to acknowledge the fact that, um, well, the emails were real and they now implicate Joe Biden and the New York Times needs to come clean on their previous reportings. 
They go on to mention a bit about Hunter Biden and a grand jury investigation over taxes. The Justice Department has given no public indication that it has made decisions about any element of the case, and Mr. Biden has not been charged with any crime. But if you scroll down quite a bit, you can see this. People familiar with the investigation said prosecutors had examined emails between Mr. Biden, Mr. Archer, and others about Burisma and other foreign business activity. Those emails were obtained by the New York Times from a cache of files that appeared to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Biden in a Delaware repair shop. The email and others in the cache were authenticated by people familiar with them and with the investigation. Well, there it is. The laptop story officially confirmed by the New York Times. You'd think the New York Times would want, uh, would want to run a big headline saying, yo, we were really wrong about that. Now, I'll tell you why this matters. First, let me show you a few stories. This is a story from NBC News, an exclusive from October 15th, 2020, just before the 2020 election. Feds examining whether alleged Hunter Biden emails are linked to a foreign intel operation. One email, which has not been confirmed to be authentic, suggested a meeting between Joe Biden and a rep from a Ukraine firm that once paid his son Hunter. Now, this is interesting. While Joe Biden was president, no less, he was doing much of which is considered to be illicit dealings. In a report called Biden Inc. from Politico magazine, I like to bring this one up. Joe Biden's family's fortunes tended to track very well alongside his career and his authority. Notably, in the report, Joe Biden's brother got a bunch of lucrative contracts in Iraq shortly after Joe Biden was put in charge of that operation. On October 15th, NBC News reported, federal investigators are examining whether emails allegedly describing activities by Joe Biden and his son Hunter and found on a laptop at a Delaware repair shop are linked to a foreign intelligence operation. Two people familiar with the matter told NBC News. The FBI seized the laptop and a hard drive through a grand jury subpoena. The subpoena was later published by the New York Post. The Bureau has declined to comment. The Post has published a series of stories based on emails. The conservative tabloid, you see how they, how they play this with the framing, said it obtained from Rudy Giuliani. The first story highlighted what it called a smoking gun email that suggested a meeting between Biden and a representative of a Ukrainian company that once paid Hunter Biden. The Biden campaign says there is no evidence the meeting happened and the story was greeted with widespread skepticism. We now know the stories are all true. Or I should say the email, the story about the emails are all true. Whether or not Joe Biden met with that individual, I don't have that one, uh, those facts pulled up just now, uh, right now. But I can say that in this laptop are photos proving that Joe Biden lied about much of the laptop story. Some of the photos show Joe Biden himself standing alongside Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's business partners. Joe Biden said, I don't talk to Hunter about any of this stuff. But what about the 10% for the big guy? Remember that story? We have this from the New York Post. Joe Biden was involved in a deal with a Chinese giant and was expecting a 10% cut from the New York Post. Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim were already waiting for Tony Bobulinski in the lobby of the Beverly Hilton when he arrived at 10 p.m. May 2nd, 2017. The Bidens had chosen a discreet couch behind a thick marble column where they could see everyone who walked in the front entrance. Joe Biden, who had left the vice president's office a little more than three months before, was flying into L.A. to speak at the prestigious Milken Institute Global Conference and would be joining them at the bar within the hour. 
For Bob Yulinsky, 48, a third generation Navy veteran and Democratic donor, it would be his first meeting with Joe Biden. And he was conscious that he was being vetted for a trusted role orchestrating the Biden family's existing joint venture with Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC. Let's just be honest about this. Was it during Joe Biden's tenure as vice president? No, it was May 2nd, 2017, just over three months or so after he left. Did Joe Biden negotiate all of these deals quickly in a matter of only a few months? I would say likely not. I would say that Joe Biden was lining things up while he was in office like most people would and do. And that's why I think the system is broken and corrupt. And now that we know the story is true, we have questions about what Joe Biden was doing while he was vice president. Yeah, I think these people are corrupt beyond all recognition. I think these people are overtly evil. And I think they withheld this information from the general public because they wanted power, because they have pawns and lackeys. In this story from the free pre- uh, timesfreepress.com, one in six Biden voters would have changed their minds if they had known the full story. President Donald Trump, if he continues after he leaves office, his mantra about the election being stolen could find himself in the same boat as the woman he berated for doing the same thing after her loss. But Clinton had something the president never did, the full-throated, pull-out-all-the-stop support of national media. What if the Republican Trump had even a neutral media, one that gave him credit where credit was due and investigated Democratic challenger Joe Biden where investigation was necessary? Media Research Center, a conservative watchdog, tested that theory recently in a poll of 1,750 voters in seven swing states. I'll just briefly mention Hillary Clinton was wrong to claim the election was stolen from her. Jen Psaki repeated that lie even recently in the past couple of weeks. And Donald Trump is also wrong to claim the election was stolen from him. Now, if you want to get more colloquial in terms of what stolen means, then okay, fine. Hillary Clinton saying she deserved the presidency and lost it, fine. Donald Trump saying that laws were changed and that the media lied, that I get. But for either Democrat or Republican to claim that there was a ton of fraud or whatever, I'm not playing those games. The game I can play, the media lied every step of the way. They lied about Trump during his campaigning in 2015 and 16. They lied about him incessantly over the years following. What they learned, the Media Research Center, Uh, in an admittedly small survey was that one of every six Biden voters said they would not have voted for him had they known the facts about several of the news stories the national media refused to investigate thoroughly because they might have hurt his candidacy. Had one of six voters not voted for Biden in the swing states or voted for Trump instead, the election would have turned out differently. The survey showed that 45.1% of Biden voters were unaware of the financial scandals of Biden's son, Hunter Biden and how Hunter's business had been wrapped up in Biden's work in foreign affairs while vice president under President Barack Obama. It further showed 35.4% of Biden voters were unaware of his former aide Tara Reid's allegation that he assaulted her on on the Capitol Hill in the 90s. 25.3% didn't know that Senator Kamala Harris, Biden's vice presidential running mate, was ranked America's most progressive senator in 2019. The media didn't report it. It actually goes a little bit further than that. Social media actively sought to make sure you, your friends and your family did not know about the corrupt dealings of Joe Biden. I wonder how many Biden voters are having buyer's remorse after the failings in Afghanistan, rampant inflation, skyrocketing gasoline prices and incessant lies. Facebook and Twitter limit sharing New York Post story about Joe Biden. 
Facebook and Twitter took action on Wednesday to limit the distribution of New York Post reporting with unconfirmed claims about Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. What do you mean unconfirmed? Does the New York Post, America's oldest paper, not have the ability to confirm reporting when they say they've acquired a laptop full of emails? When you have numerous people pointing out that it absolutely was confirmed and verified, NPR, Twitter, and Facebook still pushed the lie because these people are deeply evil. They're evil. You see, the way I see the world, I see the world where you have rights, where you have a right to know, where I don't have a right to withhold information from you, for the most part. Certainly, I understand security, but I think in an interest of public good and voting in elections, the way this country is supposed to be run, you have a right to know. And that means we must be honest in our reporting. But they weren't. I show you now this tweet from Rob Graham. The Daily Caller tweeted October 29th, 2020. We obtained a copy. We, we obtained a copy of Hunter Biden's alleged laptop from Rudy Giuliani. The email was independently verified by cybersecurity expert Arata Rob, who used a cryptographic signature in the email's header to verify its authenticity with Google's servers. On the same day, Arata Rob tweeted, as I blogged before, the emails contained DKIM information, which the original reporters could and should have verified. I eventually got a copy of the email and run DKIM verification. It passed. We can still have our fun arguments about whether it's taken out of context or the exact provenance, hard drive versus hacking, but we do know the email is valid through the power of crypto. When you attempt to use your favorite DKIM checker, such as Thunderbird with DKIM verifier add-on, it'll fail at first. That's because the key is six years old and no longer provided by Gmail's DNS server. So you search the internet's TXT 2012, oh, blah, 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 and you'll find the, uh, lots of answers what the key was six years ago. And then, of course, when you do run this cryptographic authentication, you find it was real. The point is, we know it's real now because even the New York Times is admitting it's real. I don't need to verify what he's saying when he's saying he verified it. The point is, people like Andy Stone deeply evil, evil people were suppressing some of the most important information just before an election for political power and gain. And we knew that it was real. It was able to be authenticated almost immediately, as he said. Now, to be fair, Rob uh, had verified this or publicly tweeted about it a couple of weeks after the news came out. Andy Stone, he was, uh, at the time, I believe he was with Facebook. He's still there, communications at Meta. And he used to work for the Democratic, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, said, while I, will not in, while I will intentionally not link to the New York Post, I want to be clear that this story is eligible to be fact-checked by Facebook's third-party fact-checking partners. In the meantime, we are reducing its distribution on our platform. It's part of our standard process, by the way. Lie. Twitter did the same. People said that they were unable to share even in private messages. And of course, we have the confirmation from NPR. Facebook and Twitter had blocked the sharing of legitimate information. The Washington Examiner writes, Hunter Biden in the shame of social media. Today, the New York Times published a story about the federal tax and foreign influence investigation of President uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter. The paper reported that Hunter Biden paid off a significant tax liability th uh, through, uh, thought to be more than $1 million in hopes of fending off indictment. But the investigation run by the U.S. attorney in Delaware is about more than just taxes. The New York Times reported it also focuses on possible violations of foreign lobbying and money laundering rules in Hunter Biden's lucrative dealings in Ukraine, China and elsewhere, which 
absolutely includes Joe Biden, who in the emails was meeting with these people in photographs was with these people. So don't sit here and tell me Joe Biden was not involved. No, this investigation will bring the president into it. Deep in the story, the 24th paragraph to be exact, the paper reported that prosecutors had examined emails. And this is what I showed you to go way down in the story. The New York Times article comes as something of a bitter joke. For the New York Post, which on October 14th published a story headlined, Smoking Gun Emails Reveal, How Hunter Biden Introduced Ukrainian Businessman to VP Dad. The New York Post reported the email was contained in a massive trove of data. The bitterness in this story is the New York Post article, coming in the heat of a presidential campaign, <clears throat> was ignored, downplayed, or attacked in many media outlets. In the two biggest social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, it was suppressed. Rather than follow up on the New York Post's reporting, other news organizations limited the reach of negative information about Hunter Biden and his father, then the Democratic candidate for president. Some of the treatment was downright comic. For example, right after the first presidential debate, in which then-President Donald Trump made many references to the laptop, to Hunter Biden's habit of referring to his father as the big man, and more, the New York Times published a guide for confused viewers. Quote, if you listen to President Trump debate Joseph R. Biden Jr., you may have felt like you started watching a complicated serial drama, Lost or Twin Peaks, in its final season. The president kept dropping names and plot points, all seeming to reference a Baroque mythology. Who was the big man? What was the laptop? How many seasons of the show did I miss? It was also mysterious, of course, of, uh, if more news organizations, including the New York Times, had reported the details of the laptop story, more viewers may have known exactly what Trump was talking about. So it's fair to say, many media outlets did not exactly cover themselves in glory in the Hunter Biden laptop matter. But the real shame belongs to social media giants Twitter and Facebook, which actively suppressed the story. Well, the Washington Post, I'm sorry, the Wall Street Journal, sorry, July 9th, 2021. The Hunter Biden laptop is real. Our newspaper of record becomes something else when they conspire to deny facts and hide the truth. And that's where we are. And this is where we are today. With misinformation and lies from the Daily Beast and Jared Holt. Now that you understand how they play the dirty game of lying, I'd like to show you a story which actually involves me and explain to you how they're lying to you once again to drum up fear and hatred of Vladimir Putin and to discredit actual stories of merit. In this story from the Daily Beast, Jared Holt, who false, uh, this story's uh, uh, very false, by the way, and I've requested a correction from him. We'll see if he does it. Says how Russian disinformation goes from the Kremlin to QAnon to Fox News. I will be breaking down his lies in this story, or I should say, perhaps it is that Jared Holt is just um, not good at journalism. That may be the case. He writes, in the information era, a lie can make its way around the world in short order, make millions of people sympathetic to an unjustifiable war of aggression. False claims that Russia has been targeting sinister U.S.-backed biolabs in Ukraine were popularized among conspiratorial American audiences by QAnon believers shortly after Russia launched its invasion in late February. Mainstream Republican voices have since dragged the old Russian propaganda and its roots across the forefront of the U.S. political stage. The Kremlin has for years accused the U.S. of operating a shady network of biolabs in foreign countries, of, uh, has, has accused the U.S. of operating shady biolabs, conducting dangerous experiments, including some in Ukraine, that have allegedly targeted unsuspecting locals. Though the U.S. does support medical and biodefense labs across the former Soviet Union, there is no evidence to support claims the labs are used to develop bioweapons programs. Well, that's interesting. Who claimed they were? 
some random people on social media. I'll give that one to Jared. But see how he plays the dirty game. He says Kremlin media operations and officials resurfaced these lies as Russia was amassing its troops in, on, at Ukraine's northern border and again in early March. They say after it, it, uh, its other jurisdictions failed to stick, uh, justifications failed to stick, government officials in the U.S. have explicitly denied the accusations. As noted by fact checkers, these propaganda lines were regurgitated by U.S. audience junk news blogs in late February, shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine. In early March, a single QAnon supporter launched the false claims on their uh, on their way to online virality after sharing an image of maps contrasting lab locations with Russian airstrike locations. And now the premise of this Kremlin accusation is being asserted and defended by some of the country's most popular Trump aligned media personalities, including America's most watched cable host, Tucker Carlson, former presidential adult son, Donald Trump Jr., and beanie clad disaffected liberal YouTube creator Tim Pool. Former rep Tulsi Gabbard got in on the take, too, though she has walked back her claim somewhat after drawing criticism. Never have I said there are U.S.-backed bioweapons labs. Never have I said the U.S. was funding these specific uh, biological labs. Never have I said that Russia was targeting biolabs. To the contrary, you guys watch my content. But for those who don't, I have repeatedly stated the claims that Russia was targeting biolabs are likely false, and the maps that were presented online don't even line up. Thus, I think it's BS. However, there is a statement from Victoria Newland that there are biolabs in Ukraine, and she's concerned that Russia can get control of them. That we've actually mentioned. So how is it that a fact-based story, which they, which, which, let me show you the game they play. When he actually says in this, the U.S. does support medical and biodefense labs across the former Soviet Union. They do. And in Ukraine. And Victoria Newland is concerned Russia will get access to them. I am also concerned about that as well. In fact, my opinion is slightly less conspiratorial than Tulsi Gabbard's in a certain sense. It was only after she posted direct evidence from uh, a .gov website that I actually understand what she was asserting because I said the story was fake. How is it then? that Jared Holt pushes these lies that her or I or anyone else are claiming the U.S. is running, operating a shady network of biolabs. I never said there was a shady network. I actually said, as per the U.S. Embassy website, that the U.S. claims to have constructed two biosafety lab level two facilities for food safety and consumer protection. That's it. The program is the Bio Threat Reduction Program to stop the spread of pathogens. I've never said anything else. This is exactly what we talk about when we talk about the lies. In my opinion, the goal of this this I, I would call this disinformation because I, I'm not going to give Jared Holt the benefit of the doubt because he knows my show. He also knows that he wrote Disaffected Liberal. We're not conservatives. We're not conspiracy theorists. And what is he trying to assert by including me, Tulsi Gabbard, or anyone else in some conspiracy, uh, some fake conspiracy about uh, uh, what's, what's his claim? Weapons? These prop, this propaganda. So he specifically says, lies Russia was amassing its troops in the border, blah, 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 using it as justification. Trying to figure out what his claims are, right? China's peddled similar propaganda that there are shady bio labs in foreign countries conducting dangerous experiments. I've never said that. I actually said it sounds like it's not true. I said, why is Victoria Newland concerned about consumer goods or food safety? Probably not. It could be because according to the U.S. government, 
that these labs do have pathogens. Now, my concern is not that they're shady. It sounds like they're on the level. My concern is what Victoria Newland said. Whoa, she's worried Russia might get them. So what's the point of this? What is the purpose of publishing these lies? Honestly, I have no idea. Maybe it's to discredit shows like mine, to discredit people like Tulsi Gabbard, or to try and cover up the fact that there actually are biolabs in Ukraine, and that if something bad happens, well, Ukraine may have some responsibility in this. Now, I think it's fair to say, I think it's important to say, if a biolab has an exposure or, you know, their security is breached, I blame Russia for it. I've consistently said that. I don't understand what the purpose of the story is, to be completely honest, but I do know that the establishment lies. Jarrett Holt is, I can only assume, lying. You know, I, I'd love to give him, the, give him the benefit of the doubt, but he certainly could have watched the five minutes of our show where we talk about it to understand we actually said there likely is no conspiracy. And he could have watched any one of our segments where we were like, there are no bioweapons labs, which we've outright explicitly stated. So it seems to me the, the intent is to lie definitively. Why? I don't know. I'll say it again. I don't know. What I do know is that when it comes to the results of these lies from the mainstream media and from people like Jared Holt, you get Joe Biden elected. One in six people, according to, I think Rasmussen had a similar poll and Media Research Center had a similar poll. Would we be in this position if Donald Trump was president? I don't think so. Bill Maher asked a similar question. Putin did not invade during Trump. He was attacking Ukraine before Donald Trump got elected. Things seemed to slow down and die down. I wonder why. I don't know. I wonder. What happens now is we get to bask in the glory of hyperinflation and high gas prices. And we get to thank people like Jared Holt and the New York Times and these reporters, shouldn't even call them reporters, who lied and likely lied on purpose and sought to suppress information and manipulate you to make you believe false things so that you will give power to people like Joe Biden, who has been accused of and implicated in illicit dealings with Ukraine and China. It's fascinating to say the least. So I can only say this. When you see stories like this, where they try to assert that they're, you know, that I've been pushing claims of shady biolabs, let me just make it very clear. I don't think there's a network of shady biolabs in foreign countries conducting dangerous experiments. I mean, there's probably biolabs all over the place. I don't know about what the U.S. is doing. I don't think that Russia is honest. I think Russia is lying about most of it. And the U.S. has been overt in saying these are biothreat reduction programs. I have no evidence to say otherwise, though I'm not a big fan of trusting the U.S. government either. Why publish something that I can just have no problem coming out and being like, yeah, any, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that's true? Why not correct it? Why say that Tulsi Gabbard walked back her claims when Tulsi Gabbard never made those claims in the first place. The goal of the media and these organizations is to try and keep you locked into the lies. Locked in. I'll say it again. Kremlin, shady biolabs, pushed by Tim Pool. I don't think they're shady biolabs. Well, there you go. I'm hereby contradicting this official reporting from Jared Holt. What does that mean? Would you, who somebody, let's say, if you're somebody who doesn't watch a lot of my content, do you think that a week ago I was saying the opposite and now I'm just backtracking scared because he called me out? No, I have no problem saying, as I've stated every single time, the images posted by people showing biolabs and Russian attacks don't even line up. No, I think that has everything to do with gas. I think Vladimir Putin is losing the war, as I've stated over and over again. He was losing the influence campaign, so he invaded. 
and they need a Cassis Belly for their invasion. So they're going to lie about it. I also think the U.S. is lying, but it was the U.S. who came out and said there's biolabs in Ukraine. They're concerned about Russia getting their hands on. So why lie? I think, again, to keep you locked in the matrix so you don't watch more of my content. They could have just watched the show, right? No, I think they know what they're doing. I think they knew what they were doing with Hunter Biden's laptop, and I think they covered it up on purpose because everybody knew it was real. Within a couple weeks, cybersecurity experts verified the authenticity of the emails, and they still are only now just coming clean. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Jesse Smollett is officially a free man. He has been released from jail after only a few days, about a week, behind bars for five felony counts related to his hate crime hoax. I mean, when you look at the evidence, it is just so obvious this dude is guilty. His story on its face was so insane. I can't believe anyone believed it. I'm of the opinion that all of these people that came out and were like, we stand with Jesse, knew he was lying the whole time. And they are pieces of human garbage. I'm just so sick of this, this trash. You want to talk about white privilege and race and all that stuff? How about this? Jesse Smollett is wealthy and can do whatever he wants. They let him out. This is a guy, you know, uh, we talked about this last night opening with Tim Castile. And I, I was almost just like, I don't care to talk about this guy. But you know what I read? I read that he was refusing to eat all week. They were feeding him ice chips because he wouldn't eat anything. They restrained him. This is a dude who, when he was being sentenced, screamed he wasn't suicidal. Why? Because he is a psychopath. He is a psychotic individual. He has no remorse, no emotions. He is a man of pure selfishness and ego. Man, you know, I want to say this guy is evil incarnate, but it sounds like I'm giving him too much credit because it's not like he's all that, you know, demonic or powerful. He's powerful enough to get out of jail pending appeal. So maybe he'll go back. But I'm just sick of this system. I'm reading this story. All right. Now I'll talk. We'll talk about Justice Millett and his narcissistic ego and evil and, and really how it embodies so much of the, the modern American uh, city urban liberal type personalities that the, the main character syndrome. You know, seeing the story and I was like, I don't want to talk about this guy. But then I saw this totally brutal video, totally brutal video, a horrifying video shows the final moments of an L.A. DUI suspect who died screaming, I can't breathe after being pinned to the ground face down for refusing to give a blood sample over a fear of needles. Whoa, whoa, slow down. You know, look, I hear a story about a guy resisting cops and then they pin him down. He says, I can't breathe. And I'm like, all right, all right, let's take a look at this. You know, nobody should die in these situations. This is a guy, white dude. Well, you know, I don't know. He's, he's a bit swarthy, so I'm not entirely sure what his background is, but he's Bronstein. And uh, uh, he was uh, on suspicion of a DUI arrested. The police were trying to forcibly take his blood. Okay, I got a problem with that. Right away, I'm like, okay, not a fan of some, you know, take, forcibly taking someone's blood. They pinned him down. Several cops leaned on his back while he screamed. And they told him to, you know, be quiet. And he said he would give the blood willingly, but they said too late. And then he died. He died, much like George Floyd did. They say he died because he had meth in his system. Acute, acute meth intoxication. George Floyd had meth. He was chewing on a speedball. What do we get out of that? Well, there were two different reports. One was that the pressure on his back, you know, is what did it. 
This guy died two months before George Floyd, and it was not national news. It was not a big story. Now, truth be told, people filmed the George Floyd incident, and that video went public right away. This video, we have uh, body camera footage. But when I was seeing this story, and I'm just thinking about the psychotic lies about white privilege and critical race theory and all that stuff, I'm just so sick of the lies. Psychopaths, sociopaths, you want to live in this world where the billionaires, where the political elites can crush your neck under their boot? Go live there. Go live there. I don't care. They come out and they say, oh, it's all about race. No, it isn't. It's about power. The truth be told, the left totally understands They live by this ethos, not every single one, but many of them, that there is no truth but power. The fascistic tenet that if you have the power, you can exert it and you can do what you want. And you know what? It's not entirely wrong, at least from a factual stance. Maybe from a moral position, it's wrong. But the truth is, power is the only thing that people recognize. You know, we had uh, Ryan Long on Timcast IRL on my birthday just this last week. And he was talking about how Blink Fitness was demanding he pay them money. And he was telling them, you know, I don't owe you this money. I, I wanted to cancel my account years ago. And they were, they were filing on his credit or whatever. And so, you know, on the show, Danny, who works with Ryan, Danny Paul's truck, said, have you taken care of it? And Ryan, semi-jokingly, was like, I'm taking care of it right now on the TimCast IRL podcast because the show goes out to around like a million people. Across the board, you know, I think we get... Uh, you know, full disclosure, obviously on YouTube, you can see the views like half a million, but then we also have the podcast version, which is like a hundred K and then the clips. So, uh, and then live viewership is actually, uh, you know, high as well. Blink Fitness emailed him the next day and they were like, we're so sorry this happened to you. We're so sorry. What was that? You wielded your fist in a way that scared us. That's all it is. Jesse Smollett is a deeply evil individual. He is an example of the corruption plaguing our country. And so is the story about the dude who died. I didn't want, I don't like, I don't like it that George Floyd died. Absolutely not. And I've, and I said it the entire time. I mean, at some point you got to get off a person, right? But the media lies about everything. People in this country are, are uh, zombies carrying pitchforks. Here's the news. Let's read about Justin Millett, and I'll talk to you about this deeply narcissistic, psychotic individual who represents so much of the modern millennial, zennial. He's a little bit older. He's an older millennial. 6.41 p.m. Smollett is officially out of jail. Following the decision earlier today by an Illinois appellate court to cut short the former Empire Star's 150-day sentence pending appeal, Smollett walked out of Cook County Jail around 8 p.m. local time. Surrounded by members of his defense team, family, and other supporters, Smollett was silent as he exited the Chicago facility. Defense attorney Nenye Uch told the assembled media that his client only drank water over the past six days and ate no food whatsoever. Here's a guy who staged a hoax hate crime against half the country. I mean, against the entire country, to be honest. The story was so absolutely insane. Everybody knows it at this point. At two in the morning, he went to go get eggs and then ended up Subway instead because Walgreens was closed. And then two white Trump supporters in MAGA hats who just happened to recognize him from Empire. And with their, uh, you know, MAGA hats and bleach and noose, just happened to have all that stuff. What a coincidence. Talk about the stupidest thing you've ever heard. 
Two guys just happened to be walking around with bleach and a, and a, and a rope from a hardware store. Saw Justice Millette walking by himself in an uninhabited area of Chicago, for the most part uninhabited. It's like, it's like not a particularly densely populated area. No one's ever out in this area of Chicago at night. And they saw him, and it's just so insane. But what really, what really got me was the fact that he was refusing to eat. That he, was, he stood up at sentencing and said, I am not suicidal. I am not. It's like, okay, we get it, dude. You're going to kill yourself and then try and make it look like a conspiracy. This guy is so deeply narcissistic that he would plague our society with these lies and manipulations. And you know what, man? We did talk about this last night. He's going to get rehired, isn't he? Hollywood's going to give him another job. He is going to get rehired, isn't he? The Daily Mail, man. That, that's that, that, it's basically the same story I just read from, uh, you know, from uh, Deadline. But what was really interesting to me was how they, they talked about how uh, he was only eating ice chips or whatever. But there is something interesting here. The, 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 the way his lawyers are framing it. Check it out. Uch claims Simlet was treated harshly because of his race. Should black men be walked into jail with a class four felony? Shame on you if you think so. What? What do you, what do you mean? You committed a felony, bro multiple charges. You should go to jail? What? The judge spent a great deal of time chastising, berating my client. I've never seen that before. I'm not happy with it. Another member of Smollett's legal team condemned the draconian sentence and echoed Uch's claim. Smollett was tried twice for the same offense. Help every citizen in Chicago realize how important this case is because it could be you. You should never, ever be tried again for a second time. Oh, man. That's what they're saying, right? That's the narrative. Let me explain. They say, on April 12th, 2019, this is over at Wikipedia. The city of Chicago filed a lawsuit. Yada, yada, yada. Let's go back. On February 20th, 2019, Smollett was charged by a grand jury with a class four felony for filing a false report. The next day, he surrendered himself. Shortly thereafter, CPD spokesman Anthony Guglielmi Guglielmi said he's under arrest in the custody of detectives. All charge, on March 26th, all charges filed were dropped with Judge Stephen Watkins ordering the public court file sealed. First, tenant states, first Assistant State's Attorney Joseph uh, Magatz said the office reached a deal with Smollett's defense team in which prosecutors dropped the charges upon Smollett performing 16 hours of community service and forfeiting his $10,000 bond. New charges were brought about. There is a point here. They say after the charges were dropped, allegations of favoritism and leniency were made against Prosecutor Kim Fox. In June 2019, Fox asked the state to conduct an independent inquiry. In February of 2020, after a further investigation, Smollett was indicted again. On June 12th, a judge rejected his claim that his February charge violated the principle of double jeopardy. His trial began in November of 2021, and he's found guilty on five of six counts. It's not wrong. It's true. You see, the problem is Kim Fox is deeply corrupt. Chicago is one of the most corrupt places in the country. It's why I don't want to live there anymore. I've had cops try planting drugs in my car in the suburb of Chicago. During our coverage of the No NATO protest, I believe it's in 2012, me, uh, Luke Rudkowski, and several of our friends were surrounded by a bunch of Chicago cops at gunpoint as they went through our vehicle and found nothing. They later tried uh, uh, planting drugs in our car using what I, I can only assume to have been an informant. It's a long story. But, you know, we had someone trying to put drugs in our car, to put it simply. And I'm not an idiot. And so I told them to screw off. And uh, we had people telling us that they were talking about our vehicle after later that night on the scanner. We got, we, got out of, we got out of the city. I grew up there. 
I know the stories of the cops, you know, the cop who grabbed the meter maid and slammed her up against a wall by the throat because she gave him a ticket for illegally parking, uh, parking, parking, because he did. The story about the bar, uh, the barmaid, bartender, who was brutally beaten by a bunch of off-duty cops, because that's Chicago. It's, it's, that's what Chicago is. Chicago has black sites. These are the CPD. These are areas where they're not officially known. They bring suspects to beat and torture or detain off the books. There's the famous story of that guy who was, uh, what was his name? He was electrocuting people to force confessions. That's Chicago. Kim Fox is just another piece of the deeply corrupt city. Chicago is corrupt. And you know, you know where it all started? It really did start with prohibition, but Chicago's just been corrupt forever. One of the problems is a complacent population of zombies who keep voting in these people. But truth be told, you have criminals who use their criminal power to do criminal things. And thus you get Jussie Smollett, whatever his intentions were, to make it seem like Trump supporters were evil, I don't know, to boost his career, to make more money, he gets away with it. And then what happens? Special inquiry ha- happens, and they're like, no. But the funny thing is, it was the cops who were like, no. So it's funny. Seeing corruption versus corruption. I, I, I despise the city. Uh, absolutely. I've seen my, my I've seen, I've, I've, I've met some good cops in Chicago. You know, I, I, I tell the story how I was saved from a potential mugging by some, some cops who had been stalking this guy. And it's one of the first times I've ever, I've ever had a cop actually stop a crime in progress. Truth be told, there was nothing for the guy to mug because I was broke. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Just a corrupt city, man. And Jesse Smollett is a corrupt guy. I can't show you too much of this uh, article on this guy who was killed by cops in L.A. Different city, I know, but still part of the United States um, because it's too brutal. Because YouTube probably would be like, yo, you can't show a guy being you know, killed. The point of this story, let me, let, me, let me read the headline. Horrifying video shows final moments of L.A. DUI suspect who died screaming, I can't breathe, after being pinned to the ground face down for refusing to give blood sample over fear of needles. He died March 31st, 2020 in Pasadena, less than two months before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. Footage of his final moments was released by LA cops on Wednesday after his family sued to see the harrowing video. So that's an important factor here. There was no video of this. With George Floyd, there was. He was pulled over for suspicion of drunk driving, and police were forcing him to give blood for a sobriety test. His family sued for excessive use of force and violation of his civil rights. Video shows Bronstein being forced onto the mat in the police station's garage while handcuffed. Then five officers kneel on his back as they extract blood. He screams, I can't breathe, 11 times before he falls silent. They eventually released a videotape, but a federal, uh, they, they fought to release the tape, but a federal ju- judge ordered them to do so. Criminal justice experts say the tape shows a callous disregard for human life. They want to take his blood, man. Now, look, I guess what they're saying is that the dude had uh, meth in his system. You know, let me, let me see. Uh, here we go. The L.A. County's County Coroner's Office ruled Bronstein's cause of death as acute methamphetamine intoxication during restraint by law enforcement. A copy of the autopsy report was not immediately available. You think there's going to be riots over this guy? I don't. I understand why there weren't riots at the time. Again, you know, with George Floyd, people were filming it. But I want to talk about his cause of death. With George Floyd, his cause of death was, you know, they, the, 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 you know, the, the police kneeled on his neck and it cut off circulation of the brain or whatever, even though he was chewing a speedball. The L.A. County says this guy died from meth- acute 
methamphetamine intoxication during restraint by law enforcement. Maybe. You know, the challenge is for either of these guys, they were behind the wheel of a vehicle and doing some serious drugs. Can't have that. I can't blame the cops for being like, yo, we don't want you behind the wheel, wheel of a vehicle. My, my issue here is not so much with the, the police trying to stop someone who's doing drugs. The issue I take is the idea of privilege, white privilege. It's a lie. Now, let me explain. There is, in essence, some truth to the idea of white privilege. Absolutely. And I understand what people are trying to say when they do. But as I've often explained, there's majority privilege. If you go into a country where most people are of a certain race, yeah, they're, they're going to treat you very, very differently. I know, I've experienced it. Granted, white people around the world still are typically viewed in, in, in a somewhat favorable light for some reasons. And this tends to do with power. That's really what it's about. Privilege is just another idea for power. Can you give me power? Can you do things for me? And if you can, we can accommodate you. I think it's funny. I've experienced it all my life. Go into a fancy restaurant. Let me, let me tell you, I go, I, we, we, go, we, we went to eat at this uh, very nice place for breakfast, and they bring us out fresh sweet potato muffins. They're basically cupcakes, man. Wow. A little sugar sprinkled on top. And they said, oh, we can get you more, no problem. And I'm just fascinating. These dense, enriched products, food products. Sweet potato muffin. I mean, you got your vitamins in there. You get your sugars. You get some grains. It's not like it's a nutritious meal or anything, but it's better than eating scraps off the ground. If you're poor, you go to a restaurant, you go to a local diner, you get a free bread basket. No, not at your like your average working class diner. But I assure you, my friends, you go to a steakhouse, they are lavishing you with free stuff. It's funny. I uh, uh, I'm I'm rather uh, perturbed at the uh, uh, I, I learned the hard way a rule about casinos because you know I talk about going to the casino, hang out, and you know with my friends, and I was playing craps, and they this guy throws the die, the dice, and one of the one of the dice lands perfectly ninety degrees upright. No, no kidding. It landed leaning against the puck, which is the thing that says on or off. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to explain the rules of craps. You get it. They throw dice. They throw dice. And I got upset. And uh, I got upset because you could not clearly discern what the number was. And so they moved the thing out of the way, causing the dice to fall into a losing position. And they took my money from me. And I said, what, how, do you have the, how, how do you have the right to manipulate the board? Well, so I got pissed off. And I said, I hope it was worth it for you guys because I'm never coming back. I got a letter in the mail. Free, free money. I got a letter in the mail. Uh, maybe it's not related, but I ripped up my, I smashed my player's card. I said, this is absurd because apparently the rules in craps that however the die would have landed is how they call it. But in this instance, I was like, no way. It was, it was ambiguous. They had to move something out of the way to actually say they didn't call it. And it was only after they moved it, I said, you can't do that. That should have been called no roll. I don't think the house should be able to do that. Anyway, I digress, right? Here's the issue. They know who I am. I'm not like one of their top tier players or anything like that. But, you know, I, I hang out there all the time. And so when I say I'm never coming back and then get a letter in the mail that says like, you've won. That's what it said. And it said, make sure you come in and open this because if you open it, outside, you don't win, right? So this, what you have to do is like, give me this card and you have like a, a pull tab. And so they were like, you got to bring it to us. It's like, oh, okay. I just think it's funny that I told them I'm never coming back ever again because of this, this BS. And then I win. 
And what did I win? $1,000. No joke. $1,000 free bet, mind you. It's something different. Because I'm, I'm, I mean it when I say, I'm not coming back if you want to play stupid games. I mean, I'm a man of my word. So I get this thing in the mail and I rip it open. And it says free $1,000 bet. They wanted me to come back because they missed something from me. And that's the name of the game, power. If you're a poor person, if you're lower you know, income and you go to a casino and you have very little money, they will spit in your face. You know, uh, I, I've seen it happen where, you know, typically at casinos, if there's an error on the side of the house, they try and make sure they, account, they, they, they just give it to the players because it's like, you know, it's worth it. But sometimes they don't actually answer. They don't actually respond unless you can do something, right? So I'm telling the casino story just because it's like, you know, it's been on my mind. But the reality is you take a look, with, uh, take a look at any kind of, of problem you'll have with a corporation, I see people tweeting all the time at big businesses, and I think about what kind of world we're living in and how sick and twisted it is. You, uh, you guys watching, let's say you go to, um, you know, you order a big thing, a big catering thing or, you know, sandwiches from McDonald's, and you get screwed over. The, the meal's all wrong. They could be like, we're not going to do anything for you. Typically, they will, but they could be like, no, get out of here. Then you go on Twitter and you tweet about it if you got the followers, and all of a sudden they're begging for your forgiveness, like Blink, Fit Blink Fitness and Ryan Long. You know what, man? I got to be honest. I actually, I, I don't want to, to uh, use any service or, or provide any resources to a company that would do that. I should not have to tweet to a million people about a problem to get it solved, but boy, does it work. It's a disgusting way to live. If you are a regular person, average person, I should say, and you are wronged by a corporation, they should do their best to take care of you, to accommodate you. I mean, within reason, I don't know, they're scammers for sure. But here's how the game is played. You post a tweet, and then all of a sudden they're begging for forgiveness. It's sickening. And this is what we see basically with people like Jesse Smollett, that when these people come out and they're like, you know, privilege this, privilege that, all these companies really care about is can you go after their bottom line? And you know what the problem is? People on the right, whatever, you know, the libertarian faction, civil libertarians, they don't do this. The left, cancel culture, it's their bread and butter. They will, they will gleefully march in a mob and attack and destroy a business. How many people have been wrongly accused? How many businesses falsely identified? How many individuals? With the January 6th stuff, there were people who were like falsely accused as a firefighter. And they were like, look, it's him. And it wasn't. They go on Yelp. They destroy your company's ratings to make sure that nobody ever wants to go there. Because that's, that's what people recognize. And so I'll tell you this. Even on the right, cancel culture exists because people have their lines, their limits. But... For, for businesses, they don't care about politics. What they care about is their phone is ringing off the hook and they're receiving threats. So when I was putting on a speaking engagement in the Philadelphia area, Pittman, New Jersey, the local theater in Pittman, at the last minute, received threats. And so they canceled on us, violating the contract. We said, you can't do this to us. We've spent money on this. They said, too bad, sue us. And we could have, but that could take a year or two. For what? We moved the event. We were only able to secure a venue with half the capacity, so we ended up losing a ton of money. And that's the name of the game. 
They don't care about us. Because the issue is Antifa was willing to use threats of burning down the theater. Well, we won't do that. You know, we say, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll make it, you know, legal. And, and, the, and, the, and the guy's mentality is, I'm between a rock and a hard place. A lawsuit is going to cost me 10 grand or some crazy psychotic Antifa burning the theater down. Yeah. They know which side they're willing to support because which side costs more damage. That's the name of the game. That's the game Justice Millette plays. He's going to make it as painful as possible for everybody, and they're going to give him what he wants. We've got corruption problems in these countries. Uh, I'm sorry, in this country. Well, these countries too, Canada, the UK. They come out and they say white privilege, and then you watch what happens to Jesse Smollett. You look at these stories and you ask yourself, why is it that these people get what they want? Because they're violent psychopaths, and it scares people. So they give in. It's terrifying, isn't it? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. With gas prices through the roof and inflation rates through the roof and an election coming up this November, the Democrats are desperate to get this under control. But the media is also aiding and abetting the Democratic establishment as they effectively burn this country to the ground. We're hearing that inflation is actually only around, you know, 8% or so, which is still really high. Yet, when you take a look at what Democrats are actually doing behind closed doors, or I should say in their unread omnibus bills, you can understand that things are probably a lot worse than you realize. We have a few things to go through. First, Thomas Massey tweets, Pelosi's omnibus gave every congressional office a 21% budget increase this year. Yet the public is being told inflation is less than 10%. Yeah, right. Well, of course, it's fair to say just because Pelosi is greeting the wheels for her congressional cohorts doesn't mean that the budget increase is because of inflation. It's entirely possible that Nancy Pelosi is trying to cover for inflation and then some. You can come out and tell me that maybe inflation is actually closer to 21%, which would be insane and horrifying. Or you can come out and tell me that Pelosi is ripping us off and giving congressional offices more money at a time when we're in serious trouble. Either way, it's not looking all that good for Nancy Pelosi. But it's not just inflation. It's also that it seems Joe Biden is gutting the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve. In this tweet from Tevi Costa, the U.S. continues to dump its strategic petroleum reserve like there's no tomorrow. The government is now down to 33 days worth of oil supply at its current implied demand. It's one of the lowest levels in history. Well, at least according to this graphic from Bloomberg, we can see that right now we're at about 0.567 million barrels. And we can see that in 2000, 2004, it was actually a bit lower. In fact, even around the late 90s, it was a bit lower. But Joe Biden is selling off tons of our strategic oil reserves. In this story from the Financial Post, we can see the U.S. award contract awards contracts for 30 million barrels of crude oil sales from the strategic reserve. And that matters. We use, let's see, I think we have the number here. Today, the U.S. Department of uh, Energy, Office of Fossil Energy and Carbon Management, contracts have been awarded 30 million. Is this the, where is the, um, okay, I don't think I have it pulled up. But I think we, we use what, maybe like uh, 20 million barrels per day. Why is Joe Biden selling off so much crude or so much of our, 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 uh, our crude oil sales? Or why is he selling off so much of our reserves? It could be because the government wants to force the price down as it comes from external sources. 
That's one of the reasons we have the strategic reserve. Now, it's supposed to be for like times of war. You know, we want to have readily available fossil fuels. So, uh, you know, but right now the White House is trying to claim that the reason prices are so high, well, it's because of Russia and it's because of these oil companies. They're just trying to generate record profits. And truth be told, they are. I mean, that's real. But it's not just about the record profits. Joe Biden shut down oil and gas leases over climate change lawsuits. They have something that they have a, a, a lot of responsibility for what's happening. But let's talk about one, one you know, let me, let, me, let me make you laugh real quick before we read about inflation. CBS News says, could the Keystone XL pipeline help lower U.S. gas prices? Uh, you think? Really? We truly are a silly, silly people. So I don't know what to say to all of this every day when I wake up and I read the news and I see that, um, you know, there's a, there's a video from the TikToker. She went and talked to the president. Well, she went and talked to the White House. I don't know if she talked to Biden. And they said the reason gas is $7 around the corner is Vladimir Putin. And they just barf it all into your face as if it's true. Sure. Joe Biden shut down Keystone XL. Why don't we have a conversation about that? CBS News, in this article, they actually give, make, make, make a fair point. Now, a lot of people are mocking CBS for saying this. Could Keystone XL lower the price of gas? I don't blame CBS for what the Biden administration did. And in fact, in the article, they actually point out that Russia, the Ukraine war, is not an instigator of the price increase. They say it's important to understand that what's contributing to the high price of oil in the first place. Gregory Nemet, professor of public affairs at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, Wisconsin Energy Institute, pointed out that the cost of oil has steadily increased since last fall when it was around $70 million, I'm sorry, $70, not $70 million, a barrel, to more than $130 last week before settling back at around $100 a barrel on Tuesday. That initial jump in the cost of crude was driven by ongoing economic recovery, which boosted demand by consumers and businesses that had been dampened by the COVID-19 pandemic. That is also not a complete picture here, but let me read more. Quote, a lot more transportation and people flying around, people driving, more demand for oil, he said, and supply doesn't always quickly respond to that kind of shock and demand. Technically the truth, but not really. People still aren't traveling all over the world like they used to. That is a lie. They're only now lifting these restrictions. However, they say the war in Ukraine also plays a role, although it was not the instigator of the increase. Thank you for that. Tell the Biden administration to stop lying. CBS right here. It's not the war in Ukraine instigating the price increase. It's demand, they say. Okay, well, they're, mo they're, they're mostly wrong about that. Just, just, just use some common sense. If they're claiming, well, demand is coming back and people are doing all these things, what demand is coming back right now? Right now. We do have a story from February 22nd where Joe Biden shut down, he suspended oil and gas leases over a, a lawsuit on, on climate change costs. You have that story. And you can blame Biden for that or the lawsuit. The fact is, it is not just any one of these factors. But let's get into the bigger picture here. It's not just what's happening with gas. It's what's happening with inflation and how they're lying to you. And they're putting you in a tight predicament. If you sit back, let me, let me, let me warn all of you. I'll tell you this. Go to TimCast.com if you haven't already. Become a member. Help support our work. I don't usually do the shoutouts on these videos, but I'm going to do it right now. I'll tell you why. Head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to keep our journalists employed, to keep videos like this up and running. You'll get access to members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. But because you need to know as much as you can, and by supporting us directly, you're helping other people as well. We're doing a lot. We're trying to do more and more. 
I'll tell you why it's important. Right now, the Democratic establishment is telling you gas prices are up because of Putin. They're telling you that inflation isn't all that high. I mean, it's high, don't get me wrong, but it's because of something else. If you read nothing but CNN, if you let your friends and family read nothing but CNN, or MSNBC or whatever, even Fox News to a certain degree, they're going to be misinformed, complacent, and then bad things will happen to them, to you maybe. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't know. I can tell you, isn't it interesting? The Fed just raised interest rates for the first time in three years, and that's not all. If you're not super into the details of economics, the basic theory here is that lower interest rates gives people more money to spend. But if too much money is circulating, being spent at one time, it can lead to the, to the devaluation of said currency or cause prices to increase because businesses know their customers are flush with cash. Raising interest rates is a way of limiting people's borrowing power for loans. That means they're making it harder for you to spend your money. Officials are concerned because the rate of inflation is double or triple what they thought it would be back in December. And our overall GDP, the totality of what we produce as a nation, is looking like it won't even meet 75% of their 4% growth forecast at the beginning of the year. Oh, well, I'm sure the experts couldn't possibly be even more wrong and things are about to get exponentially worse, right? Not the B goes on to say, the Fed, which should not exist, bravo, by the way, gentlemen, I like that, hopes to control the little people, you, by raising interest rates a handful of times this year. This will make taking out a loan on a home, car, or anything much more difficult for the middle class and likely beyond reach of the poor. The bureaucratic type might tell us all to keep a stiff upper lip. After all, sometimes sacrifices must be made for the common good. What with this war in Ukraine that's stifling Joe Biden's amazing energy, security, economic, and foreign policies. Bravo. Here's the problem with their plan to control what's coming with interest rate hikes. Over the last two years, the very same Fed printed 60 to 80% of all U.S. currency that is in circulation today. Full stop. Let me issue a correction. Um, let, me, let me just say this. It is my understanding. I could be wrong, though. I don't want to act like I, I have all the answers. They didn't print... We, we've said this before, but we, we, we've corrected it. They didn't print 60-80%. They placed into circulation 60-80% to 80% of all currency that is circulating today. How? Savings accounts were overnight turned into checking accounts. Now, they have been printing trillions of dollars like crazy and flooding the money supply. That's true. But when they show you here, not to be the spike, this was when over the course of like one month, I think it was like one month, they said savings accounts now will operate as checking accounts, taking everyone's savings and instantly turning it into in-circulation cash. They're going to say vastly increasing the amount of available money. This has never been done before in U.S. history, not even close, and that's true. Our president and his political party shut down schools and businesses of healthy Americans who are not at high risk from a virus with an average mortality age of 78 to 80 years old. The economic cost of these lockdowns and mandates cost trillions in sacrifice growth worldwide. Lockdowns and restrictions caused rolling supply chain problems that caused scarcity, which fueled supply and demand inflation, supply, demand, inflation, and added to the woes of devaluation. Global debt increased by more than 19 trillion over just the first year of the pandemic, and the U.S. debt rose to more than 30 trillion. Vast sums of your mind cannot physically comprehend. Vast sums 
your mind cannot physically comprehend. Correction. To put in perspective, if you were an American making $40,000 a year, this would be a loan of $300,000 that you have added $100,000 to over the last five years. The president's energy policies have turned the U.S. from the largest producer and a net exporter of oil and gas into an importer, meaning we have to ship dirty oil from Russia and Saudi Arabia. Remember the, uh, that the next time, remember that the next time there's an oceanic oil spill. Red tape makes it extremely hard and expensive to drill here, even with the leases that are available. Added to this is the friction with the new Chinese empire and the war in Ukraine. Supply chain problems are being exacerbated. Fertilizer and fuel have more than doubled with farmers. What do you think that will do to your already inflated grocery bill? Not to mention everything else that's more expensive than the basic nutrition you will need to survive. Let me tell you a story, my friends. I went to the grocery store. It was an organic grocery store, truth be told. And uh, so it's a little bit more expensive, but still some of the, m- m- many of the same products. You know, when we get our Driscoll's berries, they're a little bit fresher at our organic produce store as opposed to from the general supermarket. But for the most part, comparable pricing. We get to the uh, checkout with a full cart. And we like to play this game when we have friends around like, how much you think it's going to cost? Why? Well, because of what's been going on in the past few years, it's always fun to try and guess how much it's going to cost. Here was the guess. $500. For this full shopping cart. Okay. What's the next guest? $800. I want you to guess. Just keep this in mind. Let's play a game. It was an organic store. It's, it was like a health food store. So it's a little bit more expensive, mind you. We ended up getting um, cheeses, fresh cream. We got uh, some detergent, shampoos. We got a bunch of vitamins. Those can be expensive. We got some honey. How much do you think it costs to fill up our shopping cart at an organic food store? $1,200. It was like $1,237. No joke. $1,237. And I would say it was just about full. Uh, so this is, you know, what else? What, what did we get? We got like mixes. We got teas. We got uh, fresh uh, fruits and, and hummus and things like that. And it was $1,237 for a full cart. Now, truth be told, that'll last us quite a bit, you know, honestly, between, you know, what we're going to be eating and, and stuff like that. But it's it's become so insanely apparent how expensive everything is. Take a look at this tweet from Ryan Staley. He says, our family farm fertilizer prices in 2021, $300,000. In 2022, $800,000. Gas prices in the fall, $21,000 in a month. I hope you are all prepared. I like to shout out safeandreadymeals.com periodically. I'm not going to pull it up and I'm not officially doing a shout out for them. But I think it's important to mention the reason I do and why I personally buy emergency food supplies. Again, outside of any formal you know, uh, plug for safeandreadymeals.com, which is the website I've promoted in the past. I, I'm just trying to make that distinction, mind you. It is, it is a company that sponsors us. I buy these, these these supplies because I imagine they're going to go up in price by like uh, double or triple. And if, as I mentioned this in the other other videos, if you buy a 25-year shelf life food storage for like 100 bucks today, and then in three months, it's $250, it's going to last you 25 years. What's three months? That's what I'm worried about. So for me, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what we can buy, what we can stock up with, what we can get supplies now because food is going to get bad. 
Now we got this talk that Saudi Arabia wants to sell oil to China and the yuan instead of the dollar. You want to believe it's going to be bad? You, you, you better believe it's going to be bad. They go on to say, the expert class of smug elitists completely failed in the pandemic and on an exponential scale. Their recommendations, rules, and wisdom fell totally and completely flat. How much do you trust them right now to manage the economic tidal wave that is coming? If a farm more than doubles their spend on fertilizer, you do realize this is going to ripple across the board in every possible way. The bread you buy, it's wheat. The cereal you buy, it's wheat. The cakes you buy, the cookies, the cupcakes, it's all wheat. Where do you think it's coming from? A lot of it, get, get this, actually imported from Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine exports tons of wheat. Here in the U.S., corn products, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. We put that in everything, don't we? Well, if you like your burgers and your Pepsi, you're going to see that skyrocket. Truth be told, I don't eat or drink high fructose corn syrup. That's just me. Uh, like I mentioned, we went to an organic store. Not like we do it all the time, to be completely honest. We typically go to the regular grocery store, but we try to be health conscious. You can go to the regular grocery store and find, you know, unsweetened sauces and things like that. I really, really despise how much sugar is in everything. Seriously. You know, I've, I, I, uh, uh, since like October, I've been, I cut out almost all sugars from my diet. I say almost all because now I'm at maybe like 50 carbs per day in my diet. I've been having a little bit of honey in my coffee. I've been, uh, uh, you know, I increased sugar a little bit because I was at like, you know, 10 to 20 carbs per day. I was effectively doing keto. I say effectively because I wasn't really trying to like track and do keto strips or anything like that. But I was just trying to get rid of the sugars. And I got to tell you, man, you, you, you make that choice in your life and you're, you're so much better off for it. I've been taking a look at the things I buy and it's just like everything is pumped full of high fructose corn syrup. So I'm just like, I'm not interested in that. Yo, give me some fresh tomatoes, mash them up, boil them down. Let's make some sauce on our own. Whatever it is you got to do. I'd rather do that. And, and, and things start to just taste better. That's just me. But anyway, look, if you want to eat your sugary treats, hey, man, more power to you. Eat all the sugary treats you want. You want to you wanna be overweight? Like, hey, man, you ain't me. I'll tell you this. I recommend getting in shape and cutting out the sugars, but you do you. I mean that sincerely. You, you be you and, and you live your life and be happy. I think we, this country would be entirely better off if everybody was in shape. My personal recommendation to everybody is cut out the carbs. Yo, you can eat like a pound of bacon. Actually do this. I'm not going to, don't, don't, don't actually eat a pound of bacon. I'm just being, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you could straight, like I look at the sugary, you know, like stuff we have in the snack box and it's like 400 calories. What, what were we looking at? I was looking at um, some, man, what was it? Raisinets. That's what it was. Raisinets. We went to the movies to go see the Batman. Raisinets, one box, 440 calories. Man, that's crazy. You can eat, like, I have these bags of bacon jerky, and it's it's like 90 calories. That's, and I'm just like, just eat a bunch of bacon, man. It's it's better, right? So really, you just gotta get rid of those sugars. Anyway, look, I digress. Back to the main point. The foods you do like, the prices are gonna skyrocket. But what is food used for? It's for eating. Well, guess what? If your average worker needs to eat, they do, then they're going to need more money to work because they need to be able to buy food in order to work. You see how this plays out. Inflation is all linked together. So if fertilizer prices are really jumping by this much, I hope you're ready for what comes in six months. Harvest season is going to be so painfully brutal. Stores are going to say, we want to buy this product. And you're going to see one of two things. 
Well, you're going to see many things. One, inflation. Obviously, we're already seeing it. Shrinkflation. This is where products start to start to become smaller. The boxes will remain the same size, but the ounces inside of product will go down. So you don't realize it. You're also going to see stores not carrying certain items. If you're a grocery store and you normally like to purchase, you know, one order of, uh, you know, a crate of cereal and the crate of cereal costs you, you know, $3,000 or $4,000 or whatever. I don't know the exact measurements. I'm just saying, right? Then one day you hear from your supplier, it's double the cost. The store is going to be like, no, we're not going to carry that because I don't know if we'll be able to sell a $10 box of cereal. What will happen is you'll go to the grocery store and there will be empty shelves. There already are because of shortages. But now you're going to have grocery stores saying, we're not going to carry these items. They're too expensive. That's where we're headed. Then people are going to be, well, I guess people will be a lot skinnier because it'll be a lot harder to live. Gas prices are already through the roof. This is not going to reverse. It could. It could reverse if Donald Trump is president. The Democrats seemingly have no interest in fixing this problem. If Donald Trump gets elected in 2024, I believe you'll see a rapid turnaround. Seriously. The United States was a net exporter of oil for like the first time ever, or like in 70 years or something, whatever the number was, when Trump was president. That's crazy, isn't it? We could start producing oil, bring industry back to this country, and be more self-reliant. That will result in some uh, price increases. It absolutely will. But it will also result in stability within the country. I think it'd be a good thing. For the time being, those that voted for Joe Biden, man, they will do anything to pass the buck. They'll say, well, it would have been worse under Trump. That's wrong. Record, record low unemployment, record low gas prices. Shut up. Would have been worse. We had our problems under Trump and he, and he did right by us. Now, they'll blame Putin because they don't want to take responsibility for the destructions they have wrought on the working class and their Maybe a reckoning come November. I hope y'all are paying attention to your local primaries. Do this right now. Look up where you live and when your primary is and make sure you vote out the neocons and the rhinos and the Democrats, if you're a Democrat. Stay safe out there, man. I hope you guys are preparing for what's to come. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.